Dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Sean Kelly. I'm Pat Sellers. Welcome to Wish It Was The 90s. Uh, this, this series is going to follow one of the most beloved animated cartoons of the 90s, the X-Men animated series. Um, and what the format's going to be fairly simple. Each episode will cover off uh, several episodes, a, little, a very brief synopsis of what happens, and then our thoughts. We'd love our listeners to watch along with us, and we'll do our best not to spoil anything. But before I get into anything else, I want to ask Sam Blanford, who is watching the series for the first time, what do you think of the intro song? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I didn't really take notice of it uh, initially. I was kind of, well, I was just kind of like looking at the um, characters to see who I could figure out I knew. Because um, for context, I have no idea really about X-Men. I, like I know Wolverine, I, like I know some of the characters. I never, never was a big fan of comics as a kid. Um, and I, I've probably seen one of these episodes at some point in my life. Um, but yeah, I've got very little um, background in X-Men. But after the third episode, I was reveling in the background. Oh, how in, good. In music. I was absolutely reveling. I mean, they do love to pump it out. Like, I don't want to jump ahead, but the, the back end of episode two, when they're kicking ass, all you can hear is... And it's awesome. <laughs> that was the thing on rewatch, though. Like, on episode one, they don't play it during action scenes eh? it's episode two it's any bit of action they like play yeah, that riff <laughs> every time and like slightly different versions of the riff too pat I'll, I'll ask so we've we've cleared off that sam has no idea what he's getting himself in for noob especially that famed season five that they uh, recorded in the philippines um pat you're actually a a fan from the 90s is that right Oh, big time, big time. Well, early Saturday morning, I still am a sleeper in it on a weekend if I can. So I was always real gutted if I missed it because I overslept on a Saturday morning. But it used to be every Saturday morning in New Zealand on a show called What Now? It was one of the cartoons you would get up for. It was this and Batman and uh, mm. probably something like Gargoyles. Oh, gargoyles is good feeling. Uh, so re-watching it's been pretty interesting. I, um, I can confirm that I remember the day the first episode aired. I, like you, Pat, woke up to watch my Saturday morning cartoons. And after Night of the Sentinels Part 1, I got on my BMX... I biked around to my cousin's house, Rory and Todd, and I was like, holy shit, did you see that? And I, honestly, Rory turned around, around with six knives sticking out of his knuckles, and he's like, how you doing, bub? <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, you get this. And I, I, I sort of, I'll, I'll come back to that, because that's uh, important details about characters. But Sorry, how old were you? Uh, well, so the series released in 92, but I don't think it came to New Zealand in 92 because I, I feel like I was a little bit older than five. I reckon we probably got a delayed release. Yeah, I don't think I was that young. Nah, 
Um, either that or I'm, I'm, I mean, it might have been a rerun, but I yeah. feel like I watched it in its entirety as it was happening, you know, like I didn't miss it. I definitely slept in for a few episodes, which was disappointing, but yeah, I would have watched it most weekends. So a little bit of context, I think, for our listeners. So the X-Men, obviously, you know, the Fox movies, Hugh Jackman, et cetera, and so forth. Um, they're, historically, they're, they, they, were, they came out in 63, written by Dan Lee and drawn by Jack Kirby, and they are, look, it's lazy writing. Dan Lee kind of, I, 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 won't, I won't quote him because I'll get him wrong, but the way I read what he was thinking was, every superhero is part of a science experiment gone wrong or, uh, you know, something happens to them. What if, mm. what if it just, what if some people are just born with powers? Yeah. You know, like fine. Sick of and making then, origin stories. Yeah. Who needs origin stories if there's just a race of superheroes? Mm. Um, and I, and, and I don't know if you picked up on this, Sam, you might know you must have, but they, over time they became this great, um, metaphor for minorities yeah so uh, we'll probably get to it later probably talk about it um in the i believe the third episode um into magneto with beasts being put up for uh you know in court mm -hmm. his incarceration um which yeah uh so it's interesting, right? Because it, it happened quite quickly. You know, the, the Sentinels appear in X-Men comic books, uh, I think within the first 10 episodes. Sorry, the Sentinels, those, those robots? Those, those really idiotic the robots. The purple and pink robots. Um, that, you know, Bolivar Trask, the guy who builds them, who's in episode two, he, he's in like, it's like issue seven, into the Sentinels or something like that. I, for context for everyone, I think I've read the first 40 issues of X-Men. And it is, it is a slog. And I, think it's really, <laughs> and I think it's really interesting that they're this metaphor for um, minority groups. And they are um, five Caucasian, good-looking uh, Americans with an uh, American boss who's uh i guess he's the only real minority in the group because he's a um paraplegic right um but even that's handled poorly in the 60s because uh professor x is internally thinking about how he loves someone or something and he says but you'll never love me because of this damn wheelchair <laughs> so what what uh but then they get revamped in the in the 70s um, initially by this guy, Len Wayne, I hope I got that right, who's the creator of Wolverine, and then this guy, uh, Chris Claremont, who right, has one of the longest runs in comic book history and is arguably one of the greats. He does so many incredibly progressive things, like Cyclops is the leader, he leaves the team. Who does he make the team? The black woman. Storm's the leader of the X-Men. You know, he, um, he introduces a Soviet... Uh, a German, um, a Native American, you know, like, and that's that really adds credence to this representation of different groups of people. Which kind of makes sense, right? Like, if it is 
a you know mutation of humans it would be happening all over the world so it does make sense for everyone to just be in one country 100 percent. it's that comes back to that old weird thing about marvel superheroes all living in new york (laughs) so all of them um but yeah so that's a bit of backstory and so this thing comes up in 89 they did a pilot for a tv series called pride of the x-men focusing on kitty pride who and what we've seen is replaced by jubilee kitty pride's a, a good another good character because she's a young jewish girl um and the episode exists and maybe we'll cover it at some stage it's one episode it's pretty hard to watch wolverine inexplicably has a thick australian accent um and um and 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 yeah it's okay maybe it's foreshadowing for hugh jackman yeah 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 well i guess uh, because he certainly has a real thick Australian accent in the first X-Men movie. Another one I haven't seen. Yeah. Oh. You haven't even done the movies. Nah. Oh, it's, inter- it's interesting because wow. X-Men 1 and Night of the Sentinels have some similarities. Except in the movie, Wolverine's the point of view character. For us, the point of view character is Jubilee. Anyway, that's so that's that's some that's some backstory, right? We don't need to go too deep into it. People really want to. There's a million articles written online. <laughs> but it's quite interesting though. Like Jubilee is such a massive character in this, and it's probably the only thing she's a big character in. It's a real moment of time thing, right? Because she's um nineties mall rat. Yeah. And this is a nineties show. And yeah, she she barely makes it into the two thousands. Like she's she features currently in comic books, but you know, the, and she doesn't even last that long in the X Men in the nineties. She's like she's a, uh, once in I think it's ninety four or ninety five when they make a spin off book called Generation X. She joins that team. Which she can't. I mean, she can't hang around that long because her powers is like sparklers out of her hands. Like, yeah, what is it? Most her kids are doing that every. Guy Fox. Also, you could, I mean, you could bring in the question, questionability of um, having a like young teen on your paramilitary um, task force, <laughs> um, or the fact that Professor X runs a school that trains people to be soldiers. It's all bizarre. But I guess that's besides the point. Well, I'll come back to Professor X when we go through. So before we go into the, um, the details of the three episodes and we can chat about them. I'm just curious from both of you. I'll start with you, Sam, because you're, you're, you're doing this for the first time after three episodes. Who's your favorite character? Um, well, I'll probably talk about this a little bit. I definitely don't like Wolverine and I definitely don't like Cyclops. Um, I think beast is my favorite character. Um, Gambit as well, but I don't haven't seen too much of Gambit yet. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to go with Beast. I, I do like a well-spoken um, blue character. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, what I really like about Gambit is that um, everyone else is in their civvies in the mall and he's rolling around in his X-Men costume with that weird <laughs> 90s head sock thing that was a, a thing in comic books for a while. Getting on that woman that's selling him a deck of cards is that, that, is yeah, that what yeah. she's extremely forward she's in she's Ooh. definitely in <laughs> is there a side story for that somewhere like does like does you know his 
mutant powered son or daughter show up at some point <laughs> through that storyline. In some um, some of the comic book storylines, one of his mutant powers is like a very subtle, almost hypnosis that like he can charm people unnaturally. Um, but I think that's just people changing the the story for their own for their own needs because it's um, because if you look at it from the outside, he's just a, a sleazy Cajun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. It's Pat Salas. Yo, my Who's favorite. Your favorite well, you're like me. Your situation's different because you can't pick it based on three episodes. So looking back at this and thinking about What's it, who was your favorite? Character? With the rewatch, rewatch though, I remember my favorite character was Gambit as a kid. He's definitely not now. He's just so over the top sleazy, and <laughs> most of his sayings don't make sense. Neither does Jubilees. I reckon Beast is probably my favourite on rewatch, even though he's not in it a hell of a lot. Nah, that's a but good point. I really enjoy him. And I don't think I did as a kid. Well, I mean, not that I didn't like him, but he wouldn't have been my top pack. Yeah. I mean, a small spoiler, but Beast is only in season one um, spasmodically because he's incarcerated. Um, but because of his popularity, they make him a series regular in season two. Ah, there you go. Um, right. Much like Omar on the wire. Yes. Yes. He was only supposed to be in season one, and then uh, it's quite common, right? His popularity. Yeah, I think so. His popularity just it just kept him on till season five. Marvel are doing that now with like their movies and TV shows. They just put a whole bunch of characters in, and if people are real popular, like ah, you can have a Disney Plus series. Yeah. Yeah. Of gender um, that was like 18 years in the making. We were always doing that. No, you weren't. <laughs> so, so my favourite when I was a kid initially was Wolverine. But when I went round to the McSweeney's and we'd all seen that first episode and we're like, let's play X-Men. Rory was the oldest. Already had the knives. So he was, um, uh, he was Wolverine. And um, and so he ga he gave me some cards, and he's like, "Gambit's the second coolest, so you should be Gambit," because that was Rory's sort of um, his style was to make sure that Toddy um, was below me in the picking order, even though he's older. That's what brothers do to each other, and he made Todd be Cyclops, <laughs> even though as a kid I was like, oh, "Cyclops sucks," but now, and I'm heavily influenced by how many comics I've read. Cyclops is my favorite character. Um, so anyway, I reckon, I reckon Gambit. Gambit was super popular, like when you were kids. I reckon one of the reasons was when you're a kid running around pretending to be the X Men. It was quite easy to pretend to be him because everyone's got a deck of cards at the house and you run around throwing that around the house. And very hard to throw a card well, though. Yeah, yeah, but like in your head, you could do it, and then mm. you try it, and then it just lands at your foot. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, literally. Or like you throw it and it comes back to you floating. <laughs> None of them ever lit on fire or anything either. Disappointing. Yeah. So uh, there's an, I think based on sort of nerd culture, X-Men animated series is uh, probably second most popular superhero cartoon of the time. Um, the, the Batman animated series is... Oh, that's very good as well. 
Uh, maybe we'll get to that one day. But, <laughs> I mean, this was very, very popular. And the X-Men were the most popular Marvel property in the 80s and the 90s. You know, X-Men number one, uh, which was like a, a, not a, yeah, like a relaunch. Uh, X-Men 1 came out in 1991 and is to this day the uh, more copies of this comic have been sold than any any, any other comic. Um, and it's drawn by this Jim Lee who um, later went on to draw some phenomenal Batman and I think he was uh, the boss at DC for a while. And all of these costumes are based on his designs. So this is just this is what people think of when they think of X Men in the nineties. They think of Jim Definitely. Lee and this and this show. I reckon, yeah, any kid from the nineties, if they thought of like the X Men, they think of like the costumes in the show, which are sensational. And and it's amazing how someone like Gambit can't shake that costume, even though it's ridiculous. Like he still what? rocks it now. And it's like well, one of the things that I can't understand is like. Marvel well now Disney will you know they'll try and find a dollar out of everything. I don't know why they're not selling these brown bomber jackets that all the X Men are wearing with the X symbol on it. Because <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, I don't remember them all wearing it either. Like it's when I rewatched the Cyclops has got a got great these. one. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cyclops he wears, He's got a great one, and you look at him and you're like, God, you look cool. Except for those yellow undies, they're awful. <laughs> but even Wolverine's wearing undies. Um, yeah, right. Weird. Well, Beast is only wearing undies most of the time, which is quite funny. His, I, I'd love, I'd love to do a deep dive on Beast's body because his waist is tiny and his chest is <laughs> ginormous, um, and yeah, he's ridiculous. But right, let's let's go, eh? Let's let's get so into it. This this is, I think, this is why the show is more popular than most. First of all. It's long story format, and you get that straight away because the first episode hang ends on a cliffhanger, right? To be continued, and it's part one of two parts. You know, they're setting seeds for other things the whole way through. It's like comic book storytelling. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that made it really popular. Like, as a kid, they didn't dumb it down and, you know, just make it separate little worlds in every episode like it was a continuous story like you watch any series now and dumb it down for you which was mm. quite cool yeah and and lots of it might have gone over your head but it doesn't really matter right it's there and it's it's good mm. right so here's what happens episode one you guys feel free just to if i miss something or you, you really need to focus on a moment we can talk about it so it starts with action right and it's spoiler the big huge 24 abbed um man is Sabretooth, and he's wrecking cars and stuff like that and it's actually a news report and it cuts to jubilee's foster parents who are watching it and they talk about how the mutant control agency is going to come to take her to help her because she's a mutant it's the right thing to do yada 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 and right uh, just to, just to jump in Yes. A couple of things I have to mention. There were four names I had absolutely no idea about in the intro. Yep. I had Rogue, question mark, oh, Gambit, yeah. question mark, mm -hmm. Jubilee, question mark, which is quite interesting because it's obviously from Jubilee's perspective, like you were speaking from before. And Jean Grey, question mark, I had no idea. 
Yep. Um, and something I found funny, I obviously noticed, I didn't know it was Sabretooth at the time, but then when Sabretooth comes in later, then I'd put in my notes, Sabretooth, the, the news report, current anti- anti-mutant hysteria is growing worldwide. <laughs> that was a great way to start the uh, start Yeah, really set the tone. It's, it's, I think it's really good because it's like it's a bit of action to start off with, and it's like yes, yeah, yeah. something's going on. They're not, they're not, they don't muck around. It's straight into a story, right? Everything's already, whatever's going on is already established. Um, and so Jubilee hears them, right? And so we don't know this, but she runs off, and then out of nowhere comes a giant robot um and um look i gotta say one of my notes says here sentinels terrible at their job yeah um and and it's 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 after her because she's been identified by her parents to this whatever and it just wrecks the side of their house (laughs) and um and, and she's not there so so it takes off and the parents are like what the hell have we done um and then, they didn't and seem then, that remorseful. They were just like, oh, I mean, the house. But I mean, I suppose we've still done the right thing here. She's a mutant. She needs to go to jail. Our yeah. that we adopted. <laughs> it's it's a mutant jail. What? So, do, they call her, do they call her Jubilee? Because I'm um, doing a bit of research. Her name's Jubilation Lee. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So I guess Jubilee, the, the, the power name is because of like Jubilee fireworks, you know? But it's a terrible name, let's be honest. Terrible. Uh, her mutant name is Jubilee, and her full name is Jubilation Lee. Although, like, um, mad respect f- for making your point of view character a um, American-born Chinese girl. But but naming it up, did you say the creator was her last name Lee? Her last name's Lee. <laughs> but no, the creator of the series X Men is that the last name Lee? Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. thought that was quite interesting. I think that's a coincidence because he had nothing to do with the creation of Jubilee. Oh, he was okay. he was pretty much out of X-Men. She She's a 90s character. She might, yeah, she's, she's maybe 90, 91. She pops up as a character for the first time. She's still what, new. What are her powers? Is it just fireworks out of my hands? Is that it? It's like, yeah, I think you could fight. Because she, she does it in she does it in fights, and is it just like all oh, these other really powerful, like you know, where she's fighting other mutants or even like a sentinel, she flicks them, flicks her sparks in front of him. It's just like I oh, distracted you. Is nah, that, she, she can do lots of stuff though. Like it yeah. seems like her powers are good. So in the in the comics, her powers, you know, get like all characters, she has her moments where it turns out she's super powerful. But you're right, Sal. The gist of it is. She, she got sparkly. she got sparkly hands. Yeah. And is that why she wears shades so that she doesn't, you know, get distracted herself by her sparkles? She lets everyone else get. Wear protective eyewear when dealing with fireworks, right? Mm. If, you're, if, it, like if you're holding them in your hands. Um, anyway, so she's off at the mall and breaking arcade machines because she can't control her powers and. The the the, the stupid jerk arcade managers really. Um working towards that mass hysteria that the uh, news reporter talked about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want your kind in here. <laughs> That's what she calls him. You stupid jerk arcade manager. <laughs> yeah. Well, she gives him a serve. <laughs> yeah. F- full job title. That'll um, show. 
and, and so she she takes off and bumps into our first look at Storm and Rogue, um, who are just hanging out at the mall. And um, and I and forgot, we get. Up. I really like I really like Storm too. I forgot about Storm. I you know what I really like about Storm. She really tells you what she's doing. I summon the full force of the storm. Um, it's quite funny because she does that all the way through the series, but I noticed on rewatch in that first episode, the first time she does it, which is basically the next scene when Jubilee runs into both Rogue and Storm in their civilian outfits. Rogue mugs are off for, uh, <laughs> for for doing like a big fancy saying before using your powers. Yeah, she does. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's good from her, Rogue, right? Yeah. I think Rogue's really quite likable. I like both of them. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's also quite cool to note. So, so oh, so sorry. What happens is the Sentinel busts through the mall, and like, if you were scared of mutants, you should probably park there and now be terrified of giant robots. <laughs> Um, uh, but um, they're after it's after Jubilee, and um, and and so you know everyone's everyone's running wild, and, and Gambit's in that card shop flirting with that bird, and he fully costumed up, and he's got to he's got to take off, see what's going on, and um, Storm Rogue and Gambit sort of fight the Sentinel off, giving Jubilee time to escape. I think it's awesome that Storm and Rogue are clearly super powerful female characters because they can fly. Rogue's got, you know, like absolutely whacking this thing and, and Storm summoning weather powers. That's mint. Uh, but they do enough to get her out there and then she runs into Cyclops um, and uh, he... Uh, he he she gets gassed right or something like that and and um has a has a little fall asleep or whatever and the thing does the sizzle does an energy blast and then cyclops energy blast huh <laughs> how about one from a pro and and seriously how have they ever had problems with sentinels if he can just blast their heads off so he literally takes one shot at it and it's cooked he blasts his head right off. Yeah, the, the in general throughout the show, like the levels of their powers um, seem to be all over the show, which is fine. Very, yeah, 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 which is also <laughs> in line with comic books. Yeah. Um, and so, so they take Jubilee back, and 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 this is the so you haven't seen the Sam, but this Jubilee waking up on a doctor's bed and the sub levels of the mansion and like what's going on. This is the first X Men movie, but it's Wolverine. It's 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 actually incredible how similar it is, and you know she gets talked around by Storm, and and she's keen to stay, and they're sort of going, you know, what's going on here? What what are we dealing with these Sentinels? Um, and she, uh, Jubilee runs into the Danger Room, sees Wolverine and Gambit doing a training session, and it seems like they're trying to kill each other. Um, and then she cool. she le she blasts him. Uh, oh, she, she she meets Morph, who's watching TV and just morphing into people. And I know you guys have questions about Morph. We can talk oh, about oh, him yeah, in a minute. Um, and, and everything sort of settles down, and she gets a good good uh, explanation dump from Professor X. And um, 
and then they they do some stuff with the head to find some stuff stuff out about the mutant control agent. They find out where it is. Um, well, you missed out a good one of Jubilee mugging them off for saying, "Aren't you guys a little too old to be at school?" Once oh, she, yeah. they explain that they're part of a school, and then ask if they get help, they got held back. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, which, and and it's true. <laughs> but, um, they do. What, how old is everyone? Do you think in the series? Well, like I get Jubilee's a teenager, but are they all meant to be? I mean, like Cyclops, Cyclops seems like, like he's like minimum thirties. Yeah, um, he's still holding on to that bloody Letterman jacket. He looks mm. good in it. <laughs> uh, I hate it. He's got um, and he's and he's he's not married to, but he's dating Jean Grey, so she's older. Um, in later episodes, there's flashbacks, so you know they've been there for a while. Uh. Wolverine's at least like 80 or 90 because there's a flashback episode later of him in World War Two. What? Um, what? So wolves? So wolves can just what? He just lives longer. Look like. What well, he's so he's got he's got an incredible his mutant main mutant powers is healing factor. So if you heal really well, you don't really age, right? Where I have no idea that this he's got healing powers. Where when's that coming in? They don't do it as much as you'd expect, but <laughs> they have it in the first few episodes. No, they because in and and uh, in like episode four or five, he's like all bandaged up and got sore ribs and healing slowly. Yeah, that um, doesn't make sense. But he has a healing factor. So when I was when I was thinking about Wolverine, uh, it took me to that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Family Guy episode where the the Griffins get superpowers because they like roll in radioactive waste. And I don't know if it's a piss take of Wolverine, but Meg can just grow her fingernails long, and that's her superpower. <laughs> One of Wolverine's villains in the comic books is um, Lady Deathstrike, who pretty much does that. Mm. Well, that was just my like. Uh, I didn't know. I don't really know what Wolverine's uh, super superpower is apart from the fact that he can grow these. Um, it doesn't even. He wouldn't even need to grow them. Like Batman could do that with the help of. You know his his financial backers is just get some some nails coming out of his. his What's that guy's name from Street Fighter? Is it Vega? Mm, he's nah, got those big claw. Who's the one things? who can stretch his arms real far? That's not Vega. Eh? No, no, no. But there's one. There's one who's just got like a four Wolverine claw thing, but it's just like it's like a glove almost. My point is, I was very underwhelmed by Wolverine, and he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, you get some good backstory later on, though. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to come around. Like the the Wolverine Cyclops tension is palpable. How good uh, is that? Yeah, it's it's yeah. off the bat, right? Kind of, kind of makes no sense as well. Like Wolverine just hates everyone except for maybe Morph. He whips Morph. Yeah, he's the only guy that can make him laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So they. They they get some information from the the Sentinel head and they find out where this um, place is, um, and and oh, Jubilee leaves. She wants to go home, thinking the Sentinels are going to go for her parents, and she gets captured um, by two Sentinels. And we meet the villain Henry Gyrich, who is a, he's from the comics. He hates mutants. Um, Not a fan. No, nah, he hates either. them. He's actually um, quite a big I think, player at I the think moment. Muties is a really good slur, by the way, for mutants. 
I also think like if I was a mutant, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be called a mutant. Like it's just not a nice word. Yeah, you um, gotta claim that word back, you know, make it your own. I guess so. Own it. Um so so Jubilee leaves and the X Men Professor X is like we're going to go to this mutant control agency. We're going to destroy all their information because they've got information on all these mutants. It's no good. Uh, Wolverine's like, I go where I want to go. And he's going to look for Jubilee. And everyone's like, we're off on a mission, mate. And he's just pretty much like, fuck you. I do what I want. So he takes off um, and, and has that altercation with Cyclops. But my favorite part is, um, so... Professor X is like, you're going to take a strike team. You're going to go to this mutant agency place and you're going to break in and you're going to destroy all their records. And Cyclops is like, the X-Men have never been out in the public. Uh, do you think uh, breaking the law like this is going to be is a good idea? And Professor X is just like, we've got to do what we've got to do, man. <laughs> and it's do, do we? Um. And, uh, and so, known for questionable leadership. Oh my god, Cyclops! Cyclops, I guess so. Um, and, um, yeah, what's so, how much did you know about like the mutant control agency? Like, like they sort of it just sort of appears, mm. it's they call themselves an agency, but they don't appear to be any involved with the government or any government because later they moved to another country. Yeah, so was they like a private that. industry? <laughs> then they just get I think light. I think they're a private company that the um that the government uses. I think they get stated maybe in either this episode or the next episode. So what's what's the I've got what's the real what's the real life equivalent of the uh the mutant control agency? Oh, um some kind, something about immigration. Yeah, some sort of yeah cross of a few, maybe like an intelligence slash immigration type agency. If you mix all those up into a war with uh, SIFs, there probably is a real life equivalent that we don't know about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, probably. Um, so they get to the base, and Wolverine turns up, and he's like, you know. The trail went cold and blah, 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 but it led me here or whatever. And so uh, Wolverine, Morph, Beast, Storm get inside the perimeter. And how do we end here? Do the Sentinels turn up or do some soldiers turn up? I can't remember exactly. There are soldiers. I think there are soldiers like coming down in tanks and like Cyclops realizes that they're in trouble. Um, yeah. They're about to open a door, and there's a whole bunch of soldiers on the other side. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, how good. A um, couple of important things. On the TV screens, when they're in the one of the war room, I think it's called, in the X Mansion, you get a shot of Sabretooth on a screen. You get a shot of Magneto, who obviously we meet in episode three. You also get a shot of a character called Domino, who's a real 90s. X Force character, and um, and you get a shot of uh, Sal's favorite actual X Men character, Cannibal. Did you notice that, Pat? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and we we get to we get to meet him later on. 
yeah, 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 we do. Very late on. It, yeah, but they made him ginger in the uh, uh, I mean, obviously, series, I've got a lot of there, respect huh? for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, you know, just a strange choice. I assume it was just like, there is a lot of like just errors in the animation throughout this. Like Wolverine's hair often becomes blue at different times. I don't know what that's about. The animation's wonky <laughs> at best. Yeah. Um, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a big separator between this and Batman. Like the Batman animation is f high quality. This is pretty jonky, but you know, I don't notice it because I'm so caught up in what's going on. Right, so we, so we get to Night of the Sentinels Part 2. I've, I've just, sorry, I just butt in there. Um, for for a, such a short, epi like they're 20-minute episodes, the intro is almost three minutes on its own. Yeah. <laughs> like, th there's obviously, like, where they're introducing all the characters and the, the music, the amazing music's happening. But then, but before that, they do, like, a flashback what happened last episode, and that's really long. Previously on X-Men. Previously yeah. on X-Men. Yeah. The other oh, thing so is good. I noticed in that first episode, it's only 20 minutes, they just get straight into the action, and you get introduced to Jubilee, Storm, Gambit, Rogue, Cyclops, Beast, Wolf, Professor X, Wolverine, and Jean Grey, all in one episode. And I've probably missed some. And it still doesn't, it doesn't actually come to use you. Like, you're still, it's fine. The previously on X-Men recap for the episode two, pretty much just recaps the characters and gives you their names like it's quite subtly done but it's like you you know that's that's what that recap is uh fun fact about that phenomenal three minute intro me and my wife were at justin timberlake in sydney and the opening act was finishing their set and um you know how bands like to uh introduce or acknowledge all members of the band whilst yep. the lead singer was going at, at, at on the bass uh kevin sydney um the song the band played was i was like standing there going like i don't shy do you know the song she's like no i, was like, I know the song I was like, how good from these ra this random aussie band that's awesome uh right episode two um, can i can i ask you a question about morph for a second oh you want to know about morph yeah yeah since we got introduced to him it wasn't a good sign for Morph, Morph when he wasn't in the opening credits. Yeah, he, I mean, also he like he opens up with like a really annoying laugh. His laugh's laugh awful, right? Well. Is Morph uh, X Men character or is he just in the series? No, he's an X Men character. He has um his co he's also wearing the generic training costume. He doesn't have an actual yeah. uniform. Yeah, I like so it. All bad signs for Morph. Yeah, um, yeah, he's extremely replaceable based on what we were given in the first episode. Would you like me to do my morph dump now? <laughs> yeah. So. Sounds disgusting, but go for it. <laughs> so they were going to use a character called Thunderbird because, we, as I said before, when Chris Claremont took over, Claremont took over, um, he was phenomenal. And in his third or fourth issue, a character he had introduced called Thunderbird, a Native American, John Proudstar, uh, died and on a mission and it was really big because superheroes don't die at this time and um it had a real profound impact on the team because they'd never lost someone since six you know they started in 63 they'd never lost a team member uh i think professor x had like three or four fake deaths but 
Um, and um, it, like it, it, it has this really interesting, like it's really important for Cyclops because he's the field leader and it, he takes the he take he takes it personally. He thinks he fucked up and, um, and and John Proudstar is one of those few comic book characters that has stayed dead. Um, his his brother Jimmy becomes a member of X Force and this and that and the other, um, but they decided we can't kill a Native American in the second episode. Spoilers for what may or may not happen to Morph. Um, and that's fair as well. Like, you know, you don't, you don't want to do that. What sucks is that they didn't make him a character. Just put him in the team. Um, so in the 60s, in the original pretty hard-to-read 60s, there's a villain who became a, an ally called Changeling, Kevin Sidney, ridiculous costume, um, who could change his appearance a la Mystique. Um, or, you know, like we see Morph do on the on the on the episodes. Um and what's really interesting about him is you don't really see him again. Like he might pop up maybe he probably pops up because that's what happens, but I can't remember seeing him again. Except in ninety five they do this event wide crossover called Age of Apocalypse and in that the X-Men are run by Magneto, X Professor X, blah blah blah. And Kevin Sidney morphs in that. He looks nothing like the morph that you guys have seen, but clearly they've put him in because of his popularity in the show. People like this character. He's so replaceable though. <laughs> it's a great he's got a great um I like Morph as a his power better than Wolverine's power. Hmm. What about what about Wolverine's power to smell really well though? That's pretty good. I've got here. I smell gun oil. Said no one ever. <laughs> uh, his smell power is out of control. All I got from your copy that whole thing was you used Kevin Sidney for the guitarist in the in your story. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I thought that I'd done that in my own head for a second. I was like, nah, he can't have. He can't have used Kevin Sidney twice in two different stories. Nah, yeah, I did that deliberately. That was a little tease. Yeah, nice. Oh, was that going to be in the quiz at the end? Uh, Right. So. (laughs) Wolverine's um, name's Gun Oil. Yeah, yeah. So um, so they're committing multiple felonies. Um, breaking, entering, um, destroying. Uh, well, this is the, they're outside the agency now, right? That's that's where we're at. Well, no, so some are inside. Yeah, oh yeah, right. And so um, this is one that kept me up at night. I wrote it down because I was like, that doesn't make sense. And then in the middle of the night, I realised what it meant. When Rogue goes to, I think to Cyclops, you look nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs, and I was like. What does that mean? Like a, a cat scared of chairs. Their tails. And then in the middle of the night, tails. I was like, because they're going to get their tail. But I reckon I, I was just like, it confused me for hours. I was sitting in bed. Like, no, I must be getting it wrong. And I almost drifted off and I was like, tails. <laughs> that would suck. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Well, I thought cats hated chairs for a second. But I was like, maybe they just hate chairs. Right, so back to the story. A big fight ensues on the front lawn with heaps of sentinels. 
My question remains, if Cyclops can, Cyclops can blast a head off one, I can't see how they lose this battle. Yeah, that pissed me off too. But they are really getting hammered. Morph inexplicably pushes... Oh, it's, you see it in a, in a flashback later in the episode, but it inexplicably pushes Wolverine out of the way of an of a energy blast from a Sentinel. It's like, Morph, your power is to change what you look like. Wolverine's is to be tough. Let the tough guy take the hit. Is it to be tough? I thought it was just grow nails long. Uh, and be hairy? <laughs> Smell really well. But <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's healing factor. He should have been, yeah. Um, so, so they have to retreat and, and, and Cyclops makes the call as the leader and, and Wolverine's not having a bar of it and Rogue uses her um, powers to incapacitate Wolverine. And, um, and and they get out of there and leave Morph and Beast behind and, um, and, 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 we, and we later find out that um, Morph died because Jean Grey was using Cerebro, the mutant searching supercomputer thing. <laughs> mutant Google. Yeah, Mutant Google. Or Facebook. Maybe both of those things matched into one. Sorry, before, yeah. you, before you carry on. I've got because you mentioned his name in the first episode, but I don't know. I don't think his name is mentioned. the The redhead bloke. What's his name? Irich. Yeah, I didn't Henry. know who he. I like. I don't. Had his name been mentioned at this point? Maybe not. So I don't Maybe. think it had. So I put, um, is he Magneto? Question mark. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Um, <laughs> That was my like. I was like, oh, maybe he gets powers and becomes Magneto. I you were you were that. expecting this show to be really complicated. <laughs> you were looking for like where the plot was going. This is good. He um he he. I don't know if you guys watched Heroes. Yes. Yeah, I did watch not all of it, but yeah, I, he I reminds me of. I think it's Hayden Panettiere's dad. Or he's, oh yeah. He reminds mm. me of that guy. He's got like he's got the same glasses. I don't think he's got red hair, but he's real mysterious. Uh, and he's behind. He's he's behind everything. He, that's who you reminded me of. That's a fair comparison, in my mm. opinion. Um, and then we get this is, and then we get a shot of the president of the United States, who is a woman. Yeah, and that's what, so, you know, and that's how we, that's how we know this is not our universe. Yeah, yeah. So in some ways, it's progressive, even though the show is all about sort of prejudice and stuff. But, yeah, it's know, meant... lady, lady president. Now, there's a one. Um, and she, she talks down the X-Men's raid on the, the Federal Security Agency headquarters um, and acknowledges the existence of Sentinels. Um, and, and that's not good. And, you know, unsurprisingly, Cyclops was, was, was right. Their attack on a, on a government section facility wasn't good for their um, PR. Um, and then, uh, and then we get this great scene of Wolverine shooting Paul at a bar. No beers anywhere, but this it's definitely a, a bar. And um, getting himself into a bit of a bit of a tussle, and and then and then Cyclops comes in, and they take his glasses off and call him a nerd because you know if you wear glasses, you're a nerd. Even yeah, though but, but really those, cool but even ones. the guys like the bullies in the bar. For some reason, like a lot of the voice acting is really good in this, actually. But like the choice for those ones, like 
We've got like the nudiest voices. They like, <laughs> I don't know why they pick that voice. It's like, ah, you duties. That, that same voice actor plays one of the guards for Beasts in episode three. Oh, that, it is, that, that's the guy that mugs him off. Magneto uh, oh, pulls his pants look at down. This, a mutant trying to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's reading bloody. Oh, we'll come back to that because that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, that that, that causes, it causes a lot of questions that comment as well because anyway we'll get we'll get to that we're only halfway through too yeah at this point um because Hugh Jackman oh not Hugh Jackman Wolverine I, that's know. why I want to talk about it Wolverine <laughs> is in his like he's in Mufti then eh? yeah 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 so yes. at the bar I really like it when they're in Mufti same he looked like I was like Hugh Jackman was a great choice because. When I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, that's just Hugh Jackman. Yeah, how good, eh? Surely you get the same vibes from um, Patrick Stewart, I mean, Professor X. Yeah, yeah, I do. But And that was just like my view of what Pro- Professor X looked like as Patrick Stewart because I've yeah. seen, you know, promos and shit. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we can get through. So Wolverine's like, if you're here to apologize, I don't want to hear it. It's like, nah. I don't, I don't apologize for decisions made during battle or whatever. And it's like, fuck it, right, you nerd. Um, <laughs> but um, he's like, how would you like to go to where they make these things? And Wolverine just like, like that, like, switches like, tell me where. Because um, he obviously wants revenge for his great mate Morph. Um, and um, Cyclops goes to talk to Jubilee's foster parents. And Jubilee's foster father rings Gyrich, and then he realizes afterwards that Cyclops is an all right dude. And he's like, mate, you've got to get out of here. I just called the thing. And then, sure enough, the Sentinels turn up. However, it was a very well thought out plan by the X Men because they were hoping a Sentinel would come so they could follow it. Um, and so they do, they find out where this base is. And, um, and and they go to save Jubilee and take out the Sentinels. Um, they uh, they they get in there, and um, and really just here comes the theme song, and um, here comes uh, they really are on the top of the. Oh, this, sorry, just pause. We also meet Bolivar Trask, who is canonically the inventor of the Sentinels. So he's uh, the guy who who's who's the hero's man, his like secondhand like right hand man and he makes the does he like he's the engineer i guess yeah yeah he's the builder um this is where i this is where i was like shit they can just take down these sentinels why didn't they do that earlier oh yeah they just tear them to pieces eh and the one liners are flying the theme song's flying at at one point cyclops gives like a borat style nut to one of the sentinels before (laughs) of course (laughs) nut Um, I've got an, I've got another note for this episode. Um, Sentinels still bad at their job. <laughs> <laughs> no improvements there. Um, anyway, and they and they win, and then there's this great like Storm does an awesome thing, and she passes out, and Wolverine catches her, and, and Wolverine says, to "Cyclops, must be our company, Cyclops. She's asleep." <laughs> and um, and then and then even better. Um, he's like, mission accomplished, buddy. And then Cyclops puts his hand on Wolverine's shoulder and he's like, let's go home. And that's the end of the episode. 
Oh, no, sorry, it's not, because Jubilee bids farewell to her, the best yeah, foster parent she's, she's ever up. had, Yeah, even though they dumped her in. Yeah, to... must have been a low bar. Yeah. And she seemed pretty fine about leaving, to be honest. She was just, you know, moving on. Like, I love she said, they said, you'll still come and see us, won't you? And she's like, obviously, spoiler alert, never see the foster parents again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I looked up some reviews at this point um of the first of the pilots it was i think it was of the when the dvd was released and the ign reviews were mixed to say the least one said just in quotes pretty decent <laughs> and the other was uh it's, it's as compelling as it is in comic form so as someone who's trying to form an opinion um they were it was quite interesting to hear two sides of the spectrum there yeah wow uh, look, I pretty covered in sugar. I, I think what's really interesting about these episodes is there's quite a lot of action, and they've done a really clever thing because Marvel has a pretty obvious mandate on cartoons. You know, um, you can't have grievous violence on humans, right? In this whole series. Wolverine don't stab no one, you know? Yeah, because he can't, because it's a kid's show. So Sentinels are the perfect villains because they're robots. You can, you know, Cyclops can blast a robot's head off. I promise you, you will not see him blast a man's head off. <laughs> Unless you read uh, Ultimatum from uh, a terrible, terrible crossover from the 2000s. Where he blasts Magneto's head off. That's in the Ultimate Universe. That's tough. That's hard. This is terrible. Don't want to talk about it. Right? Should we get into? Because we we really we've been going a long time here, and we've still got into Magneto to go. Any comments on Night of the Sentinels? Now nah, let's get into. Oh, the I think we're there. Magneto. Uh, I think got everything in. But I was yeah, I was pretty surprised how easily uh, Jubilee moved on with her life away from her pretty ordinary first appearance which i mean maybe that's the answer in it yeah and, and like literally like yeah you can uh, you can take her off our hands uh, we won't get um any of the proper authorities involved to sign any paperwork you just take her to your paramilitary training facility and um and you go for it you and we won't teach send to... robots to kill her we'll again. come back to that with something that happens in this episode right so I, I, I think I said this to you, Pat, in the first lockdown last year when we were watching a few Marvel shows. I think Enter Magneto is an amazing episode. And it's really cool because it's pretty much X-Men issue 1, 1963. That's cool. Yeah, they do a really good job of rehashing it into this. But so, starts with Beast in prison. He's reading Animal Farm. That's great. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? That's so mint. Um, you can't go past the, well, get a load of that. A mutant trying to read. <laughs> yeah, by a guy who sounds like he can't read and yeah. clearly has never this, read all well. This is a massive facility, supposedly, like, containing a number of mutants. Like, is it? Is he really making it off or is he, like, actually, like, surprised? Like, surely he's seen plenty of mutants reading in there. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what does he think mutants are? 
Beast is Beast is definitely a different uh, different beast from most of the other. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, got a very visual mutation, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, which I think is part of the the you know the nerdy voiced um, guards yeah. proclamation. It's interesting. I don't know if I can't remember if this is covered. I think it. I think it is insinuated, but in the comic books, uh, he's originally just like a bulky dude with kind of like like he's got like big hands and big feet and he's very aerobic yeah um, and yeah and so he actually he experiments on himself uh in the 60s he right. experiments on himself um to try and find a cure for uh yes the x gene which they did in, they did that in the movie so that's quite yeah. is that quite accurate what happened yeah. with um yeah. the about a boy kid yeah and he he it backfires and instead of healing him it makes him go like further into his mutation yeah which apparently is blue and um i think this version at least looks very much like a blue version of the beast from beauty and the beast yeah definitely yeah. who who plays the beast in the movie so there's two different actors oh you would love x x-men 3 is a pretty awful movie but he's played by kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer is great as Beast as well. Like, he is actually, he's probably, yeah, not terribly well made movies, but his casting uh, was great. Uh, yeah, oh, phenomenal. And then and then he's played by Nick Holt in the um, prequels, um, and he's good as well, but Kelsey Grammer is genuinely perfect. Yeah. You know, like, there's a scene Kelsey in Grammer X-Men 3. basically plays him like this Beast in X-Men. Yeah, 100%. As. They're in the middle of a battle, and Wolverine's, because in the movie, he's like a diplomat or something like that. And Wolverine's like, oh, I thought uh, this isn't very diplomatic of you. And he's just like, there comes a time when every man should stand up in diplomacy. But like, oh, you'll get that. You know, like he's just, he's got those kinds of quotes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Throughout the series, he reads, he quotes poets and philosophers. And so he's phenomenal. He is <laughs> really, really good. Anyway, so he's in there. We, we've spoken about the guards. Everything starts shaking. Beast thinks it's Wolverine being impulsive, but it's actually our introduction to Magneto, who, by the way, is clearly incredibly powerful. Like, he is derobing people. He's crushing weapons. (laughs) He's pulling walls apart. Like, his power is control of magnetism, but it almost seems as though he could control anything. Yeah. So he can certainly make a magnetic he force field. Force field, yeah, when they're shooting at him. I was like, how the hell is... How do you do that with magnets? Is he, to, is he trying to recruit Beast at this point? Yep. And he doesn't realise that Beast knows Professor X. And that's our first tip, that um, Professor X and Magneto know each other. And so he leaves, and then... Um, so Xavier uh, explains about how Magneto was once his friend and you get a flashback and you actually get um, what might be Gabrielle Haller, who's the woman in the flashback. And in the, in the storyline, that's um, that, that Magneto and Professor X work together and Gabrielle Haller's there and Gabrielle Haller and Professor X have a child and he becomes uh, uh, the character Legion, who some people listening may have seen the TV series. Anyway, um, so he's is he explaining Professor X is explaining this to Jubilee, right? About how he met Magneto. Yep, he does it quite well. Like he wraps up the background 
pretty quick and pretty well and a few little flashbacks throughout this episode yeah this is the this is the point where jubilee weirdly kisses x the professor x did you see that is it on like the head it's like on the cheek but it's like a weird kiss like yeah so she's gone from these loving bloody adoptive parents to this creep he is a creep that's such a weird just seemed like a weird thing and i looked it up she's 18 and he's 60. He's 18. She's 18. I thought she was like 13. Yeah, I thought she was younger. It said that she's 18 in the body, but 19 or 20 in the mind. I was like, wow, it's not that much different. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's real weird. But I mean, yeah, I just thought that was extremely um, bizarre. Um, yeah. So anyway, so basically they rescue that the, the lady in, in the flashback, and, but then Magneto wants to take down the soldiers and... and, and you see there's this fundamental difference between their views. Um, Xavier stops him with his, with his, here's a deviation from the comics and the, and the movies. Now, how many wears he's supposed to wear because it protects him from Professor X's mind powers. But in the TV series, he can, Professor X can bust right through that thing, which makes sense. Yeah, um, it does actually. And so he's, after several years of being in hiding, Magneto's back. And Jubilee's like, you're the X-Men, you, you can beat him. And Xavier's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, so Cyclops and Wolverine are at Beast Troll, and there's heaps of protesters outside, inside. and um, I just noted down that the judge had a great voice. <laughs> really distinctive. Really, like, I could have I listened to him a lot longer. I think it's worth mentioning that Beast turns Magneto down because he wants to stand trial to prove his innocence. And mm. I'm like, that makes sense. But also, you're he not wants to stay in court. That's what you, he says. You, you, you broke into a facility and, and destroyed stuff. Like, you're guilty, Beast. You're guilty <laughs> in prison. Wants to stay in court. Reminds me of my friend who just would, no matter what, if he got a parking fine, would write in. Nah. And ev even if they got declined, he would then go and personally to to dispute the parking yeah. fine so he didn't have to pay it it's a lot of um, effort so anyway so tell us what happens in this court scene because this is great so, so we meet oh. cameron hodge beast lawyer and that's a, definitely a name drop from the comment comics he's um warren worthington the third the angel's friend uh you from from college and um he turns out to be a terrible bloke we'll see if that pans out in the series or not i can, seriously can't remember um beast gives a phenomenal speech in court <laughs> like if you prick us do we not bleed uh, it's it's really that's shylock's cool. speech right from merchant of venice yeah so that's why i was mentioning at the start so this is like is this about anti-semitism this this episode or the holocaust i think, I think it's just an oversimplification of minorities well, I suppose Magneto's whole backstory is that he story. survived the Holocaust. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know if it gets touched on in this. I can't remember, but that's that's the crux of his. I think they just his... kind of mention of like his childhood through war, and then it's like you know, and they're both being professors that don't even know each other as a that each other are mutants and stuff. Mm. Which I thought was interesting. Like, we worked together for ages without knowing each other. We're mutants, and then something happens. They have to reveal their powers to save someone. Okay. Um, I, I've just got a visitor. Hello, Candy. Come here, girl. 
Kukio. Welcome to the podcast. Um, it's a dog, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely not it's my uh, stripper. Um, <laughs> so, um, members of the court, uh, some guy gets kicked out of court for shouting out stuff, but he's right. He's like, you know, they attacked a, someone attacked a thing yesterday uh, at the oh. prison and, you know, good, honest men got hurt. And it reminds me of that sort of stormtrooper chat, you know, like they blow up the Death Star and Star Wars, you know, yeah, that's mint. And then you think back and I'm like, how many of those guys were just there for a paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Sabretooth's part of the uh, crowd, isn't he? Yeah, so Sabretooth comes in to cause a ruckus. I think he maybe just goes sent, is he sent by Magneto or is he on his, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I put is he is he like with is, is he part of Magneto's X Men the Brotherhood group? of Evil Mutants? Oh, Ter- I call the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Horrendous name. Give yeah, it's terrible. Give yourself away with the evil part. There is worse names coming up as well into X- certain X-Men, groups. X Men, X Men is way better. However, if I, I if I'm right, is, is the best is the best one in this series that's coming up. Like the Friends what, what is, of Humanity. What's oh, the, Yeah, Friends of Humanity. Oh yeah. So I did put X-Men, even though there are women involved. Yeah, 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 jeez, that's tough. Um, I, <laughs> I was like, what the heck? That's long-standing. Uh, one, um, one of my notes was, going back to Sober, Sober to just causing a massive ruckus, is um, he's best described by Cyclops as a lunatic. Because he is just, like, you just can't, he is just a lunatic. He's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, there's that great scene too where so Sabretooth is getting overpowered or whatever, and and Cyclops like we could have helped this guy's immune. Wolverine's like nah, folds his arms. And yeah. um, anyway, Cyclops takes down the guards. Obviously, he's got some sort of really good control of his optic blast because one minute they're ripping off a sentinel's head, next minute they're just knocking blokes over. Um. <laughs> But anyway, they take him back and, you know, Wolverine's about to get rid of... It seems like he's going to kill him. But turns out he's just going to take him out of the mansion because he doesn't want him there. He's a terrible bloke. And and even though he doesn't say, like... What he should say is, I know this guy. I've got history with him. He's an awful bloke. You know, this is all the bad things he's done. He's just like, I know this bloke. He's got to go. And then Professor X is like, no, you know, we need to, our job is to help people. We need to help this guy. And... Um, Wolverine, you can't bring your personal vendettas in here, blah, blah, blah. And then Magneto attacks Professor X have just been able to see like the whole backstory in his head? Or does yes. he not pry at this point for some reason? I don't, I don't know if he's pr- probing or not, but mm. he, I, he seems like they kind of go. Anyway, he's like, you can't have, can't have a personal vendetta to Wolverine. And then like the, somehow the mansion alarm goes off and um, the code means it's a missile base, and it must be Magneto. We've got to stop this guy at all costs. And Wolverine brings up a great point. He's like, mm. how come my rival's in here yeah. and I'm trying to boot him out and you won't let me and your rival's doing stuff and we got to go kick his ass? So this is, this is at three episodes in, Professor X has made two really terrible calls as the leader. Um, and the missile base is basically, this is... X-Men issue one, uh, Cape Citadel or Cape whatever is a missile base and, and Magneto goes there and he's going to um, 
destroy all the missile bases because I think his theory is, um, you know, mutants have our, our weapons are our powers. You know, you make weapons to destroy. So I'm going to destroy all your places that make weapons. It's like, this is, I'm kind of on board with this. Um, um, he could talk and, you into joining its cult. He would get you there. He has some great lines. Yeah. And then, so they go, they shoot off to the base. They, have that big tussle with Magneto and he's chafed that mutants are fighting him and it takes a bit of teamwork, but they get that. Sorry, this is when, this is when, um, uh, Wolverine says mission accomplished, buddy. Okay. Let's go home. Cyclops and storm does the, that. Sorry. I got that wrong. That's now. Um, so storm is awesome. Saves the day. They beat Magneto, but he just sort of retreats. And he said, you get that cool thing of him sort of like, why have you chosen this path, Professor uh, Charles? And then I've just got this note here saying, Magneto is mint. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's, that's the end of the episode. And that's the end of the first three episodes. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is so good. Yeah. I like, I like Magneto's reply to them trying to say they need to get along with, you know, modern society and just work with them however they can. He says it's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Like, yeah, oh, I'll join you. Really I'll join good. you. I'm there. That's an that's a famous quote, isn't it? Probably, but I'm not smart enough to know that. As far as I know, Magneto made it up. <laughs> yeah, it sounds familiar. I must agree, but I'm also not smart enough to know or type it into Google. <laughs> Yeah, that takes too much time. We clearly, you know, our time is very precious to us. How long have we been, been talking about X Men the series for the nineties? <laughs> Three hours. Yeah, too busy. Um, uh, really like Magneto's voice actor as well. There's some great voice actors. Sorry, okay, but I mean that for their time, but the super nineties. But fantastic. I really like it. Um. Someone, someone called Euripides said it, and so that's why we didn't look it up because we don't know who that is. Um, so I think overall, I'd, I, I like, even though like these characters are like, I don't necessarily like, I just like the cast. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the fact that we haven't seen it from Jean Grey yet, but the female characters are the strongest, strongest characters. Um, yeah, especially later on with rogues ridiculously powerful and then they even do her backstory of how she got her powers um, yeah we'll cover later that's that's awesome love that yeah yeah um and oh also one thing at the end of this uh into magneto episode because most of the time wolverine's just angry and hates everyone except for morph and i kind of suspect just because he died, so he didn't have to be nice to him. But he does call Cyclops buddy at the end of mm. that Intermagneto one. So that's nice. Yeah. In the comics, they've got this really storied history of not getting on. And um, the 60s X-Men, when it was just the five of them, all get on reasonably well, and it's really pulpy and, and, and pretty hard to read. And the 70s and they get that new team. Cyclops is the only original member who stays on, and he's the leader. And you get all this really good stuff of him really struggling because Wolverine's a dick who won't listen. Um, Thunderbird, before he passes away, doesn't listen. Um, like, 
storms like fresh out of Africa and like, you know, like just, and Colossus is a Soviet Russian farmer and, and like he really struggles to pull the team together. I quite like that, that sort of the dynamic of Wolverine and him not getting on. And we later find out there's, there's pretty specific reasons for that, which only make Wolverine seem like more of a jackass, to be honest. Mm. What's well, more that yeah. just Wolverine just seems to hate everyone in this. Like even like, you know, there's there's some other stuff later on with like time travel and he's like doesn't even know these people. He's like, oh, what does that time jockey want? <laughs> weird slur to so make up. Keep, calls everyone in that same time he says he just calls everyone a rookie. Yeah. Bub. Um but yeah. So uh has anyone got any final thoughts? I, as someone who doesn't love, like I'm not, I've watched some superhero stuff and, but I'm not a massive fan and not big, com, big on comics. I'm, I'm interested to carry on, um, obviously mm. for the sake of the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I obviously don't revel as much as you guys do um, currently, um, having only watched three episodes, but I like the, the to, to hear that obviously there's some stuff around backstories and like, I don't know whether you need to like read the comics to understand a lot of what's going on. Um, but no, I, I, am, I am enjoying it. And um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good watch. I think. I think that's going to be the most interesting thing is seeing how, see, seeing if you get dragged into the storyline throughout this podcast, that's going to be the best part. And you definitely don't need to read the comics because the guy that made the movies didn't read the comics. He watched this TV show to make make those movies. Quite clearly, eh? Quite clearly. <laughs> he um, said that he did. He watched he watched every episode of the animated series to make the first X Men movie. Going back to what what was mentioned really early in this podcast was so maybe Jubilation Lee was the creator or whoever came up with Jubilation Lee paying homage to Stanley. I think it's just the use of Lee as a generic Chinese last name. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you didn't say that. Yeah, I honestly think that's probably the case. I hope it's not. Um, but they, they've, they've made homages to, homages to Stan Lee in a great many ways. And quite often the, um, the, the, the writers and artists uh, like to pay homage to the other creators because Stan Lee gets a lot of credit. But... This is a, and this is a flaw of the comics industry. Writers get all the credit, but I mean that is half the job because comics are all about art. Mm. Um, you know, like just just recently, as the Hawkeye uh, Disney Plus series, um, one of the I don't know if he's an executive producer or consultant or something like that, is um, his name. Yeah, yeah, Matt Fraction, who who wrote it. The the intro to the series and the credits. The artwork yeah. is um, is, awesome. is by is based on the art from the series that Fraction, um, uh, right but but it's, but sorry, it's based on the on the um, artist, right? Not yeah. not not the author, and so like even now, you know, like I I, t I type it into Google and I type in the series is called My Life as a Weapon Artist, and it's still just giving me Matt Fraction, the author, you know. Um, but I believe his name is um, 
David, I don't know, he's Spanish. Um, so how do, how do you pronounce J in Spanish? Aja? A-J-A. A-J-A. Yeah, I think that's right. David Aja or Aja or Aja? I, I apologize to all of our Spanish-speaking listeners. <laughs> I think anyone in our families speaks Spanish. But that's, that's, so that's, this, that's this massive thing, you know, like that, you know, Stan Lee's the god of Marvel Comics, but, you know, Jack Kirby drew everything. Um, but anyway, anyway I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Jubilee's name or last name or, or, or just her shtick. Anyway, she's my least favorite character in the series. I find her incredibly annoying. <laughs> Sam, do you know about the latest news of this series? Reasons we're quite keen to do this. Or should I leave this? Should I tell him this, Sean? Or should we? You can tell him. So, one of the reasons we're talking about we should do this, do a summary series, is this show, this this style, this 90, 90s X Men show, is coming back. It's going to be on Disney Plus. We're going to what, like make new episodes following on the story. Yeah. With new animation? I assume, I'd assume I, new I'd animation, but I'd, I'd hope they'd just do it the same. Like, do it there. <laughs> I'd say we. I, they released one image and it's the same outfits and stuff like that it's called x-men 97 and wolverine still had blue hair (laughs) i I hope it changes a lot he was wearing his mask i hope their height is just all over the show sometimes storm will be seven foot yeah (laughs) hopefully it's all of that oh that's great that's um okay that's that's good i i yeah it'd be good to get through the 70 episodes that this is and then have more to watch yeah, yeah. So this will never end. <laughs> Speaking so, of never ending, yeah. What do we for our next? So next episode for our listeners who are who are watching along, we're going to do five: Deadly Reunions, Captive Hearts, Cold Vengeance, Slave Island, and the Unstoppable Juggernaut. And most of these episodes, I think at least three, maybe four of them, are the episodes I've seen the most because they were the only episodes on the one United Video VHS X-Men animated series that I got out every weekend when this <laughs> show wasn't on Saturday mornings for like five years. Got this out and got Mortal Kombat 95 out and, and watched that great movie. Outstanding <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, so... That, that's where we're at. That's it's a nice. What have we got there? Nearly two hours of viewing. I suppose you can skip the recaps. I will be. But don't. But don't you dare skip the intro. No, I will not be. <laughs> right. Yep. Your wrap us up, Sammy. Oh yeah. Signing off for next time. <laughs> Is that what's the what's the sign off? <laughs> See you later. Oh, that's all. We don't have a sign off. Pat, quickly come up with a sign off for X Men. Oh no, I've got it. I've got it. All Next right. time on X Men. No, I'll say. I'll say. Uh, where's my notes? I'll say, mission accomplished, buddy. And then, uh, sellers, you say, okay, let's go home. Are right, you ready for our new sign off? Mission accomplished, buddy. Okay, let's go home. Thank <laughs> you.